Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Talking Games with Kelly and Andrew. I'm Andrew. And I'm Kelly. Kelly, it was an exciting week. We had a Jeff show. Uh-huh. You know, we love those, right? We, we love them, I right? I love a Jeff show. Just you for Jeff, watch though. It. What'd you say to me? You didn't watch it. Yeah, I did. No, you. I know you didn't. Yeah, I watched it. It happened like a minute ago, and you were like, oh, I'll watch it later. No. And it's been like... I watched it. So this has been Talking Games with Liar and Andrew. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so, uh, but before we get into the Jeff show, we have some other news to cover. So why don't we just jump right into it? What do you say, Kelly? Wow. You're that bored. Let's do it. Kelly would just yawn through my whole sentence. I'm really sorry. I'm like, I feel like uh, the energy has been sapped out of me. Uh, I'm ready for some news, though. Do you know what else has been sapped out? <laughs> what? Limited Run Games has been sapped in to Embracer Group, oh. as well as the entirety of the Lord of the Rings IP. Embracer Group, last week, went on a bit of a rampage with their money. They acquired a whole bunch of different companies, and apparently the Lord of the Rings IP was just on the table, I guess. I don't know. I was very surprised by all this. It's it's funny, but it's also very bad. Um, what were your thoughts, Kelly? How did you feel about hearing that Embracer was just buying everybody, including, like, they also bought Tripwire? Well, I thought it was funny because we were just talking about this last week, about how the rights for Lord of the Rings are kind of, like, uh, up for grabs, I guess. And we were right. Uh, because they are, and they've been purchased by Embracer Group. So this is not just like <laughs> video games. This is like movies. This is like the Amazon show coming out. Um, so we didn't know we we're striking such a big vein. Yeah, I mean it's really intense, really involved. I imagine Lord of the Rings is. Um, I guess what I would say is it made a lot of money back in like the two thousands, and. Now it stands to make a lot of money, but uh, who knows if it really will, especially because they want to do all sorts of uh, different things with different characters like Gandalf and Aragorn and stuff, which would be interesting because it really feels like those characters' stories have been told um, as opposed to a character like Gollum, who we get to see more of. Uh, Can we eventually. not talk about Gollum this week? Can we not talk about it or do we not talk about it? Can we not? I don't want to talk about Gollum again. Okay. Well, I'm done talking about Gollum, so. Good. Talk about something better. Well, I can talk about something that's maybe not better, but <laughs> maybe not worse, depending on your definition of the words. Um, so as we discussed, I think maybe like two weeks ago, uh, the KOTOR Knights of the Old Republic remake was sort of put on def indefinite hold. Um, well, now, instead of being developed by uh, Aspire, which hey, I pronounced it right, right this time, um, it's being developed by Saber Interactive. So, um, yeah, as we, as we know now, uh, 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 no longer going to be Aspire, now it's going to be Saber Interactive, which... Neither of the game studios really had anything to do with the original development of KOTOR, nor had they ever made like a, a really intense RPG. 
Um, so I think it'll be interesting to see what that even means, if it means anything. I honestly, at this point, have no hope for this remake. I don't really think it's even going to happen anymore because getting changed from one studio to another is a very weird thing to happen. Um, but who really knows? I just think it's insane because, like, this is this doesn't happen. Games don't change studios like this in the middle of development. Yes. This story just made no sense to me, especially because in like the press releases that were involved to the to the investors, there was insistence that there is no delay to the production of this game. Like, all right, your game isn't getting delayed while switching developers. Right. It's- also, both of them are owned by Embracer, so it's like tying back into our last story, too. It's really nonsensical. Um, even like at a very like minor level when projects get changed hands, not from just person to person, but from different team to different team. Um, obviously things are going to be very different. Uh, management styles, development styles. It's like, it's obviously a lie that they're peddling to us to make us, to inspire confidence, probably more so in the stakeholders, but I don't know. I just feel like it's very, uh, it's very interesting because you're right. It doesn't really happen. It's also, it feels like a bad sign for the game. Oh yeah. That already has like red flags popping out of its head left and right. To be clear, I don't think this game is going to happen. Yeah. This is not a good sign. If it does, I feel like it might be an absolute disaster, which is like, that's upsetting because that, that sucks. I wouldn't want that to happen. This is a beloved IP and a beloved game. Yeah. At this point, I guess I would just say go play the old one because I think you can play it on the Switch. Yes, you can. And maybe while you're playing it, you'll get high on life. Oh! Because you're having so, so much fun. High on life, game by Justin Roiland and Squanch Games, was supposed to come out October. Bad news, folks. It's now coming out December 13th. This is a little delay. I feel like 2022 has lost so many games that when I saw the like formatted like, you know, when when you see that square block of text that's like, oh, this is going to be a delay. I saw that and instantly I was like, another 2022 game is now in 2023. But nope, they got it in right under right before the buzzer, right before it's 2023. Uh, We also saw a new trailer at Gamescom, which we'll talk about later. Uh, It's funny because I thought this game looked pretty fun at the E3 show. Well, not E3 show from Xbox. (laughs) I thought when we just saw it at Gamescom, it looked terrible. Because it looks fun. It looks like a fun game. But my God, Justin Roiland would not shut up. Like, to an excessive degree. So unless this game literally has, like, a dialogue slider that's like, please talk to me less, I don't think I'll be playing this one. Yeah, I have a feeling... See, I have a... Uh, I don't really like Rick and Morty. I thought it was funny. Uh, but then I watched more of it, and then I started to hate it. I feel like this game is just, like... It's just going to be, like, too much. Like, you can't... I don't know. Like sometimes it's funny and then sometimes you're just like, oh my God, please shut up. Like we get it. Mm-hmm. You think you're really funny and you think this is revolutionary stuff, but it's really not. 
Yeah, I think I'll wait closer till if there's literally an option to like turn down the amount of dialogue, I'll be way more interested because I really like the goofy aesthetic a lot. I think it looks a lot, a lot of fun, but I just don't want to be yelled at the whole time. <laughs> yeah, that's understandable. Uh, I have something to yell at you about. Uh huh. And it's that there are some video game movies happening or supposedly happening. Um, there is a Days Gone and a Gravity Rush movie. Both work, both in the works right now, apparently. Uh, the Days Gone one is, uh, uh, features the guy from Outlander. Um, Days Gone, for those who are unfamiliar, is a game about two motorcycle guys. Um, vroom, vroom. That's really good. That's really good. And it's a zombie apocalypse. So if you feel like we're not getting enough zombie apocalypse content in the next couple of years, don't worry. We're getting more. Um, and then obviously Gravity Rush uh, is a, a, an action adventure game, a PlayStation Vita game. Um, uh, you control gravity. <laughs> There's really um, <laughs> the, so okay. so the Days Gone game uh, movie makes more sense to me because it it's it's ripe right now and I feel like it will be riper as the year goes on, uh, years go on. Uh, the Gravity Rush as days go on, as days are gone. Yes, <laughs> the Gravity Rush movie um, doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, I guess unless it's animated. Uh... I'm like writhing right now. I was kind of like, I was waiting for my chance to jump in here. I'm so mad for two reasons. It's probably more than two, but I can only think of two right now. And there'll probably be more in a moment. One, I guarantee you that Gravity Rush movie will cost similar amounts to making a game. It is already a cult game. Like it has a very devout but small following. The first and second games are beloved, especially the second. Why don't you just put that money into a game, PlayStation? Why don't you just put that money into Gravity Rush 3? And they're like, oh, we got to grow the audience. It's like, but if you're not making new games, there's nothing for the audience to consume. Like, people aren't going to go back and play 2 nearly as much as if you made a 3 or made even, like, something new in the in that universe. And I think it's just a waste of money to be doing it. Also, I think Days Gone is a very stupid IP to be doing this with because, like, it is notably critically middling, you know? Ever A lot of people got it because it was, like, goofy and fun, but, like, there was no substance beyond a gameplay level. There's nothing interesting about the characters of the world that hasn't been done before. Why would you take it and turn it into a movie which requires substance of character and substance of world and substance of, you know, lore that's not here? And also, why is PlayStation making more movies than games now? Why are they putting money into a Days Gone movie instead of putting money into a Days Gone sequel? Why are they putting money into a Gravity Rush movie instead of Gravity Rush sequel? Why are they putting money into Uncharted? Why are they putting money into Ghost of Tsushima? It's just these IPs are brilliant video games, most of them. And they deserve to be taken care of and be interesting. And that money should be invested into the video game platform that made them big. Uh I think it's just, I think they know they'll make more money off of a movie than they would a game. I know, but Sony Pictures already exists. Let them make movies. Let them make Spider-Men. 
Let them make Venom. Let them make Morbius. I can't Morbius. make Spider-Man anymore. Is he unless dead? It's, unless it's Miles Morales' Spider-Man. They can't make Spider-Man movies anymore? No. Is that like a deal? Is the deal over? Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Because now it's like there's Marvel's Spider-Man, which is Tom Holland. Well, I and think the point still kind like of stands Sony's though. Sony's old. Uh, uh, sorry, you're right. I just think that I what frustrates me is that these past couple of years we've seen almost no video games from Sony, but here they are making Horizon shows, God of War shit. Like off the top of my head, PlayStation currently has in the works a presumed Uncharted sequel, Ghost of Tsushima, Gravity Rush, Days Gone, God of War, and Horizon. Am I missing anything? I don't know. That's more that's more movies than we know about video games that they have in development right now. That's dumb. I know. <laughs> they just want to make money. It's what they it's what they they're they're meant to do. Um I'm dumb. I am missing one. <laughs> a very big one and one that is our next story that was actually. That's a good segue though. That was a good segue. <laughs> It would have been if it was on purpose. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, cut that part out. It was on purpose. You're right. Callie, this week HBO released a little teaser for a bunch of upcoming shows. They had like the the Game of Thrones and the like the I don't know, other stuff. I don't follow HBO very much. But included in that was the first 30-second teaser for The Last of Us. Go ahead, just tell me your impressions before we go oh, into it. Well, I just want to say I saw it live because I watched Game of Thrones live. Um, my impressions, do you want to hear mine? My impressions? Of this trailer, yeah. Um, it was really, I mean, it was short. It's hard to be like, oh my God. Um, I enjoyed it. I feel like I am more excited for the show. I feel like I have been like tentatively excited for the show for a while. Um, I feel like I was surprised at how I was a little bit, see, I really like Pedro Pascal. I like him a lot. He's great in Game of Thrones. He's great in Narcos. Um, I was nervous. I didn't know if he could sell it as Joel because Joel to me is kind of an iconic character. Um, but I kind of feel like I was sold. I feel like he sold it to me. He seemed like Joel to me. Um, we didn't really get to see much of uh, Bella Ramsey's uh, Ellie, which is fine. Um, when I first saw her, I thought that she looked a little bit young to be Ellie, but then I kind of thought about it and I was like, well, Ellie's pretty young in the game. She just seems older because of the circumstances and the fact that she's voiced by Ashley Johnson, who's like, you know, in her 30s or whatever. But Anyway, I'm excited. I feel like it, I liked what I saw in terms of like the settings um, and the tone of the trailer. Uh, but I am eager to hear your thoughts on it. I'm somewhere in between the extremes. Part of me is excited because like it does, it looks visually incredible. It looks like there's a very high bar of quality, which will intrinsically make it more interesting than like certain video game adaptations. I think there's a lot that makes me weary here. Like, 
the lines that are spoken in this are basically one-to-one with a very powerful scene in the original game. And we always knew that this game was, or this show was going to be very close to the game because it has like all the same characters and such. But it being one to one would not, I don't think that'd be a good thing. I think that'd be bad because like we have the original still, and soon we're going to have a remake of the original and another version of it. The only thing that this, that would create is I would notice differences you know yeah because i did that in this trailer like joel pedro pascal's joel delivers the line exactly how troy baker's joel did and like even looks like him and like the room looks like the same room but like ellie sounded a lot different and i'm like if it's gonna be one-to-one i'm just gonna sit here and be like oh that felt different and i don't want to feel that way i want to enjoy like a new story in this universe to some extent even if it is similar uh, but Nick Offerman looks really cool. Yeah. So. <laughs> I I kind of feel like... Um, I don't know. I, I understand what you're saying. I feel like it's not going to be one-to-one just because I feel like they want to show us in the teaser kind of like, look how good at Joel he is. He, it's the same voice. And I feel like they're just trying to flex on us a little bit. Yeah, that definitely could be right. Because that's the, we'll like, the easiest way to get people excited. Yeah, we'll see. I think it's already not feeling one-to-one just because, uh, I don't know. The characters just Nick look Offerman different. In it. Yeah, like Nick Offerman doesn't look like Bill at all. No, he looks like Nick Offerman. Yeah, it's really hard to, he's just very recognizable. It's hard to separate him. But, I mean, you could say that about a lot of people. But I guess Nick Offerman's just got kind of like the bug eyes and the big beard. Yeah. Um, but. We'll see. Uh, Nick Offerman, I don't know if you know this, big Smash player. He loves Smash. What's his name? Nick Offerman? Yeah, what's his name? Oh, who's his main? I thought you said, what's his name? Oh. And I was like, what do you... Nick I forgot. Offerman. I got amnesia. Nick Offerman, uh, he plays as Ness and also dabbles in Daisy. Wow. Not Peach. But- no, no, no. He doesn't. He doesn't like Peach. He okay. thinks she's overblown and a poser. Oh, whoa. Okay. His words, not mine. His words. He was whittling wood, and then he was like, "I think, I think Daisy's better than Peach." He's gonna hit us with a defamation lawsuit. Oh, he's gonna come after us. But thankfully, uh, I'm just reading words from Sentry. That's not my words. So come after Sentry, not me. We have a very exciting word from our co-sponsor this week. This episode is sponsored by Sentry, a new esports organization from Pittsburgh. Their team runs tournaments for Smash and other video games. You can find them on Twitch at twitch.tv backslash PGH Sentry or go to their website smacksentry.gg, S-M-A-K sentry.gg to find out more info about attending or viewing their content. Nick Offerman probably won't be present, but he plays Daisy. He might be there. He might be there. Yeah. If someone printed out a picture and took it to a Sentry event, then he would be there in picture form. Yeah. I'm going to reach out to my contacts and see if maybe that can maybe that can happen. Uh, but this week, biggest news was the Gamescom, Gamescom opening night live. It was a Jeff show. It occurred today as of recording. 
yesterday, if you're listening on release day. Um, it was too long. It was stinky, as I said. So we're only going to report the parts that like stuck with us because it was stinky. Um, I was mad the whole time because it was just absolutely full of level infinite games, which we discovered at the Game Awards. Was it the Game Awards or was it game or the Summer Games Fest when we discovered that level infinite is just 10 cents? It was Summer Games Fest. When they had all these games from level infinite and we're like, hmm, what's this publisher that we've never heard of? And it's just 10 cents new name for like Western published games to disguise themselves. Uh, also, Jeff showed off a car for like five to 10 minutes. Beep, beep. And then also talked to Kojima about the fact that Kojima's starting a podcast. Beep, beep. So, which seems pointless to me because, yes, it's dubbed. Why would I want to watch a dub, listen to a dubbed podcast? The whole point is hearing Kojima talk, right? But I can't listen to the Japanese podcast because I don't speak that language. That's true. So, Kelly, why don't you kick us off with some news that we think is of note, of any note? Yeah, here's some fun news. A uh, new DualSense Edge controller for the PlayStation 5 was announced. Um, it's wireless, uh, as, I mean, the ones that we have now are wireless, but um, it has, like, back buttons, um, new stick caps, all sorts of, like, fun stuff. Um, high performance. Uh, yeah. There's really only so much you can say. I guess its most notable feature is that it's super customizable, which is good for people who like to... Um, pro game. Pro game. People who could play on a PC but don't. Uh, so. That's yeah, and there's not really a lot to say. I think the biggest thing for me is that we don't have a price. Yeah, I'm sure it'll be and like a $2 billion. I'm worried because I saw it and I was like, that's really cool and I'm sure it'll be wonderful. And then there was two, two, two thoughts that crossed my mind. Instantly, I'm like, oh no, what's going to be the price? I have like a feeling this is going to be skirting near that $200 mark. Yeah, I think because, it'll be like, like the Elite controllers. Yeah, the Elite controller was 150 and that's like a billion years old now. And then the second thought that crossed my mind is that the PS5 controller is kind of incredible already. Like, I love the DualSense and I don't need an upgraded version. Yeah. I'm so happy with that thing. I agree. I think it's a really good controller. I, I, I don't really know how much better it can get, uh, but you know. Well, this shout one has out. dials. Yeah, shout out to everybody who really wants a new controller for the PS5 because you got your wish and now you can spend $300 to get it. Yeah, probably. Game you'll be able to play with that new controller, Sonic Frontiers, confirmed to be coming out November 8th. So it is coming this holiday. We got a new story trailer. Uh, we saw a little cuckoo, Coco. I think it's Coco. It's a little rock guy with a cute face. Is this like Sonic Twilight Princess? It does look kind of like that. <laughs> but we got a new story trailer, showed off some new gameplay. Um, looking a bit more polished. Still not quite 100%. Still questionable. We saw Amy locked in a, in a, in a ball. We saw the the villain speaking, who's like a little doll girl. The cutscenes look really pretty. That's something. The world design's not terrible. The combat looks kind of fun. 
I want to want this game. I want to want this game so bad. And it's not doing a very good job of making me want it. I Yeah, it just looks a bit... You're right, the cutscenes do look good. It just doesn't look super, like, captivating to me. It looks a little bit dry. Yeah. And also, like, the gameplay still kind of looks unpolished, and we're so close to release that I'm like, that's just what it's going to look like then. Yeah, it's just going to be a little bit chunky and clunky. But at least we have a release date. It's going to, you know, this game is going to topple God of War, Ragnarok, and Skull and Bones. And... You know what else got a release date? What? Sorry, I didn't realize you were waiting for me. That's okay. A new Tales from the Borderlands. That's right. The game. What's it called? You know, funny enough, it's called... What do you think it's called? <laughs> I don't know. What would be the, the most rational name for the new Tales from the Borderlands game? Well, it's called New Tales from the Borderlands. <laughs> uh, very cheeky very cheeky not at all confusing for anybody who's never played any of these games before um, it is a new tales from the Borderlands game I, there's only so many words I can use to describe it there's a new cast of characters um, it's very tongue in cheek uh, as we have come to expect from every Borderlands game that has ever uh, released um, the character designs are all kind of ugly, uh, as we have come to. Ex Just kidding. I mean, no, they're, they're ugly. not great. I don't think they look that good. Um, but honestly, I don't know if they looked that good in the Tales from the Borderlands uh, Telltale game either. So um, anyway, this is out October 21st, uh, which is very soon. Um, and it can be pre-ordered now. And it's going to be out on PS5, PS4, Xbox Series X, Xbox One, Nintendo Switch, PC, Epic Game Store. I mean, it's you could probably play it on your refrigerator at this point. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, I have no strong thoughts about this trailer. Do you know who doesn't have refrigerators? Who? Zombies. Oh. Well, some of them probably did when they were alive. Do you, like, lose your property rights when you become a zombie? I think so. I think you lose property rights when you die. Okay. But, like, you're a zombie, so you're kind of alive? Yeah, but you're not... You're not really... You're not really the person that you were. You're not cognizant of reality. You just start, like, wanting Kelly? brains. Yeah? After eight years... Dead Island 2 is back. You mean Dead Island is back? I was I was holding for applause. Oh, sorry. I, I'm a little bit disappointed, to be frank. Uh, Dead Island 2 was revealed eight years ago at E3. It's been radio silence since then. It has been re-revealed at the end of Gamescom. Not only has it been re-revealed, it has a release date of February 3rd, and we saw a cinematic reveal and then a gameplay trailer. Kelly, this does not look like the game for me. Years ago, definitely 
restarted development at least once or twice, I would assume. I think it looks quite good. I think it's very exciting to the fans of the couple fans of Dead Island that this <laughs> game's back. It looks better than Dead Island 1, that's for sure. Wow. Like it has more going on. That game is like 15 years old. I mean like not vis- I mean like stylistically it's more inspired, I think. Right. It's less generic. Um I want I don't know. I don't need zombie games in my life anymore. It it looks good, but I'm I'm fine. I I think it's interesting. It does look good. I mean, it looks like um You're right. It looks more polished. It looks more It looks like a sequel. Um very shocking, but it's been eight years, but some of us have waited almost as long for other sequels. Oh, because you were expecting a Dragon Age reveal at the end and instead you got a Dead no, Island reveal? No, I wasn't because when there's Dragon Age news, there's always like trickles of hype. They always like leak some little like, oh, maybe we'll see something here. And then we do. And then it's like, wow. And there's been no tricklings. So I was going to say, you say always like they've done that any time in the recent memory they have they did it with the last dragon age news there were leaks like yeah, the day before like four years ago though no that was like that was like four months ago when they revealed the title oh right i forgot about that because it was kind of insubstantial well it wasn't insubstantial it was it substantial was... <laughs> it's substantial to know the title of the game that they've been working on for four years it here's what i'll say it shouldn't be substantial right you know it should just be something that's attached to a trailer reveal and stuff. But I'm feel I feel your pain. I was a Kingdom well, I am a Kingdom Hearts fan, and I survived the Kingdom Hearts three wait. So I know the pain. The pain is very real. Uh but I'm yeah. really happy for all the Dead Island fans. This trailer's not yeah. as impactful as the original trailer for the first game, I will say, but I liked the cinematic. I thought it was fun, but like I don't know, we've seen so many trailers that are, like, subverting, like, where it's like, oh, this person's acting really normal and goofy in this really vile world. And it's like, haha. Except we've seen that. It's no zombie child being thrown out the window, but in slow motion, but it's fine. I really hope that they don't release anything like that for this game, because we don't need to see that again. Yeah, I've been there, done that. Kelly, did you play video games? Do you play video games? Did Did you play any? I did, Did and I do. Yeah, I did. I played, you guys won't believe it. I've been talking about it for two weeks. I played Hooked on You, a Dead by Daylight dating simulator. Um, And I really enjoyed it. It was very fun. I only did one route. It took me about, let's see, let me open my Steam profile. I think it took me like two hours. Uh, Let's see. Let's just look here. Hooked H, 65 minutes, not even two hours. It took me an hour and five minutes. Um, nice. there's four routes, uh, and the one that I picked has two different endings. I got the good ending, I guess. Um, like I previously said, I like dating simulators and I love dead by daylight. Uh, the premises there, you're like trapped on an Island, um, a dead Island perhaps. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> there's four of the game's killers, four of the game's original killers that you can, uh, choose and romance and seduce. And uh, I chose seduce. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. Is this rated M? No, it's T. You don't see anything. Oh, okay. It's very you okay. know fade to black, all that stuff. But okay, I chose Wraith because he is one of my favorite killers, and I 
really like his lore in DVD. So I was kind of curious how they did it. Uh, it's very tongue-in-cheek. It kind of reminds me of like Dream Daddy, but even less serious. Like Dream Daddy like turned up by 11. Um, Jeez. Yeah, it's very tongue-in-cheek. I almost wish it took itself a little bit more serious at times, but another part of my brain is like it's a dating simulator for a horror video, asymmetrical horror video game, and the people that you were dating are the people that are murdering you. So, you know... I think they made it to be silly and they made it because the fan base is silly, um, which is fine. And it's real quick. Like I said, it took me less, it took me barely an hour uh, to do one route and there's four. So you could get it done in like a day if you really committed. Um, yeah. But my favorite part was uh, something that's really cool about dead by daylight for those who are unfamiliar is that the game has a lot of licensed characters in it. Um, a lot of like, licensed horror characters um so it has like pyramid head and ghost face and michael myers and uh pinhead just like almost any horror villain that you can think of except for uh freddy i mean not freddy uh jason Voorhees, because uh friday the 13th is freddy in it yes he is okay um but one of my favorite like running jokes from the game is that there's a killer called the trickster. He's like in DVD lore. He's like a K-pop star turned murderer. Um, he keeps like appearing and he's like, I'm hanging out on the other Island where all the cool licensed characters are, but we can't have them in this game because it's copyright. <laughs> and that made me laugh. And then there's this really, there's this cute, well, I don't want to spoil it too much actually, because some licensed characters, it's a bit, uh, it's a bit looser, like with Ghostface, He's not based on the movie's, scream ghost face he's just based on the mask um so he's like a totally different killer than the ones the one in the movie movies uh so his ip is a little bit looser uh or not his ip his copyright's a little bit looser so they do some fun little bits with that but i enjoyed it i would spend ten dollars on it i think that's relatively cheap for a four hour five hour experience um and it's fun for the fans. I wouldn't get it if you don't play DVD. You wouldn't understand anything. But unless you're really into like dating monsters, in which case you might enjoy it because they're all monsters. I feel like Monster Prom might be a better pick if you like monster dating but don't know DVD. That's true. It, it, that's actually that you. That's a good thing that you bring up because the dialogue reminded me a lot of Monster Prom. Um, oh, that's a good sign. Yeah, I love the dialogue of Monster. Very Prom. fun. Very cheeky. Very like. <laughs> I hate you and I'm going to kill you, but maybe I like you. Um, that sort of thing. I love Monster Prom. It's one of my favorite games. Favorite dating sims, I guess. But uh, it kind of reminded me of that. But a little bit less uh, serious. Like it didn't, it didn't take itself as seriously as Monster Prom does, which Monster Prom as it stands does not take itself very seriously. So <laughs> you can only imagine. Hooked on you. Right. So that's my um, Kelly, I I played a very similar game. Right. Well, I did. It's not similar, except in price. Oh. I played Kirby's <laughs> Dream Buffet this week. New release on Nintendo's eShop on the Switch. Um, it's a game where you play as Kirby in ball form and you roll across obstacle courses and through little mini games and then in a little battle royale. It's uh, four players. So you either play online against three real people or in a uh, local multiplayer, you play against computers 
and up to one friend. It only splits into two. You cannot do split screen for four people, which is a little disappointing. But I really love this game. I think it's visually fantastic. So sweet. So cute. I want to eat the whole game. It looks delicious. <laughs> um, I think the gameplay takes a little getting used to. Rolling around as Kirby doesn't feel instantly normal, but it does feel pretty good, uh, especially once you get a handle on it. It can get a little frustrating because it gets quite random, but it also feels completely manageable. Like you can go into the final battle royale, which is like you get a bunch of power-ups and collect strawberries, which is the main goal. And the power-ups can be used to knock people off the platforms to get their strawberries. Um, you can come into that stage in fourth place and then win the entire game if you do well. So it definitely feels like one of those games where it's like it's not over till it's over. And there's even bonus strawberries at the end. Uh, there's not a ton to say about this game. There's a lot of customization. You level up no matter what your skill level is because it's just based on how many strawberries you collect. It's not based on what place you come in. Uh, there's a lot of unlockables. You get up to level 135. I've played a good chunk of the game and I'm about at level 40. So clearly this game can last a while. I think the online is fine. Uh, about half my games have been smooth and fun. And the other half have been varying levels of laggy. Worst I had was like constant stutters and like the frame rate dropped to like five or ten frames per second. It really hurt my eyes. But honestly, I prefer playing local anyway because the computers are not mean. Even on the hardest difficulty, they are not aggressively mean. <laughs> People in real life are very like they will follow you and make sure that you are having a bad time. Even though it's Kirby. Right. Uh it's cheap, it's quick, um, you'll get a lot of entertainment value out of it for 15 bucks. I do kind of wish this was like a $40 game that included like a bunch of levels, because rolling around as Kirby just feels nice. But alas, that's not what it is. I think there's it's a fun way to play a new Kirby game. It has a lot of nods to the series. As you like level up, one of the rewards you can get is music. So like new music will play on stages as you progress through the game. And it's music from other games, so you'll either recognize songs and be all excited or other games you're not familiar with, and it's new, cool songs. I really like this game. I do highly recommend it. It's very cute. Very, 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 very cute. That's really all I need to say is how cute it is, because it's really cute. <laughs> Another game I dabbled in this week, new game to me, Live Alive. This game came out late July on Nintendo Switch. It is a JRPG, turn-based combat. There's some movement on a grid, but not quite like tactical RPG levels. And it is seven short JRPGs packed into one. It's very instantly different. I've only played one of the seven so far. They're pretty quick, a few hours each. The thing is, is like in a normal JRPG, you spend tons of time building up your characters, deciding what their moves are, equipping them with all this stuff, collecting items, leveling up. That's not really a thing here because the stories are only a couple hours long. You're not focused on leveling your characters up. You're not focused on finding equipment. You're not focused on the abilities. You're just sort of there for the ride. It has downsides because I love JRPGs and part of me loves the customization aspect and stuff. But it's also like... It's an anthology video game, which isn't really a thing. And I think that's something really interesting. If you don't know, this is actually a remake of a 1994 SNES game that never came out in America. So 
it definitely feels incredibly unique, which is particularly surprising for a 1994 game. This almost feels like what Octopath Traveler was trying to do, which is crazy because that game came out in 2018 and this game came out in 1994. Uh, I don't know if I fully recommend it yet. I still have a lot to play, but I will be playing it. The first chapter I played was very fun. The music was great. The visuals are fantastic. One of my biggest problems with Triangle Strategy, the other game from 2D HD, is that the sprites were all small, whereas Octopath, when you fought against certain enemies, the sprites would get a lot larger and you'd see a lot more detail. This game goes back to having large detailed sprites, which I think increases my entertainment value in these turn-based battles. So that was my week in gaming. Lots of Switch time. Uh, it's been a good time. A good time is worth a lot. I'm sorry. I just don't know how to follow that up. <laughs> I have no words. Hey, Callie. Yes. Are there any games you want to promise the audience you're going to play for next week? Um. It's not a setup. I'm just curious. <laughs> You got scared looking. Because it's scary to promise something and know that you cannot keep your promise. Yeah. Because you're addicted to playing an asymmetrical horror game where you play as a survivor trying to escape trials. And you haven't stopped playing. And you Are you shake talking about Kirby Stream Buffet? Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean to say yes. <laughs> No, it's okay. That's that's adds happened. to the brand. Uh, do you want to wish me luck because I'm going to Cedar Point tomorrow? Yeah. And last time I went there, you cursed me into dropping my phone off a roller coaster. Yes, I do wish you luck. Um, I don't think that you'll be dropping your phone off of any roller coasters tomorrow. Um, well, I'm going to purchase a fanny pack because I'm so scared. So that's smart. I'm a big proprietor. Not proprietor. What's the word I'm looking for? Proponent. Proponent, yeah, of fanny packs. I love fanny packs. If I could wear one every day, I would. Why don't you? <laughs> you walk around with a fanny pack with your Nintendo Switch home console in it. <laughs> Anytime you want to play Kirby's Dream Buffet, boom, on it's on you, it's ready. That's true. And then everybody would call you Kirby's Dream, Kelly's Dream Buffet. I don't like that. Why? I don't know. Sounds weird to me. Well, let's wrap up quickly then, because you seem really upset. <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> well, everybody, we will be back at you again. At back at you, back with you, <laughs> back. We'll be back next week for more video game news. Uh, Kelly has promised me quietly that she's going to play the entirety of Xenoblade Chronicles 3 between now and next episode. True. So look forward to Kelly's very extensive three-hour review of Xenoblade Chronicles 3 on next week's episode of Talking Games with Kelly and Andrew. I'm sorry I can't contain myself. I'm just so excited about this review from Kelly. I, I love the... Um, uh, Noah. Noah. And Mio. And... I love the guy who's gray and then dark gray and he has white. He lands. Yeah. He's cute. It's going to be a long three hours. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you next week, everybody. Bye. Bye.